Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome in alongside Garrett Ross today once again. And look, I had so much fun with Garrett on Monday. I had to bring him back again. Also, Stephen Simcox is coming tomorrow yep. and not today this week. So we make do. Stephen, still having trouble with the roof. I can imagine. Well, it's not, I, you'll never get me to buy a house, dude. It's I never, can't do it's it. It's never a one-shot deal. No. Now, again, and everybody in the chat room who owns a home knows this. It is a wonderful thing to own your own house. Magical. It's great. It's your place. You have total autonomy over it, or at least you feel like you do. That's it. You feel like you, you do. You feel like you do until something goes wrong. But something's going to go wrong, and the rent is the fee that you pay to have somebody else deal with your problem. Yes. That's the fee you pay. So while it doesn't necessarily help your credit or anything like that, which I think is bogus. If I pay my rent every month, it should help my credit. I know there's new ways like mm-hmm. people are finding to do this, but again, like those things always bothered me. It's like, look, just because I don't actually own this place, but if I pay all my bills on time, I should be all right. Correct. Be that as it may. Uh, when something does go wrong in your house, it's never... It's never just a one-shot deal. You know, I had the, the hot water heater yes. uh, die on me while we were in Nashville. That was a big pain in the ass, like, because I was foolish enough to have a home warranty company, and, like, they're like, oh, yeah, well, we can get you a new water heater. It'll be a week. Like, are there not water heaters just around you can go buy? No, it's got to come from a specific place that you're contracted <laughs> through that you can help them. Yeah, it's all, like, it's all, the game's rigged, man. Yeah, it is. So... Anyhow, um, I, uh, I understand. I understand. It's great. But like now when you're like, ah, my, my roof's broken. I got to call that jackass who owns this place. Ah, crap. I'm the jackass that owns this place. All right. Now I got to call a guy to tell me something. And most of the time he's going to say some things that I I just have to nod and go. Yeah. That seems seems legit. That sounds right. right. That's right. Yeah. What are you going to use? Uh, uh, a f- three fourteenths on that one, or uh, I think you need to the the check the specs on check this uh, specs. easement 
over by the girder and the wall. And then like, oh yeah, then I sound good. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take this guy for a bunch. That's me as a homeowner. But, uh, so Steven will be here tomorrow. Now, just right off the bat, I'm going to throw out a chat room topic that we'll keep going throughout the day. Okay. All right. It is Valentine's day. Yeah. Did you do anything nice for your wife today? No, like, okay. We don't do stuff like that. It's, it's materialistic. It's, look, man, I'm not into all it's, that. Uh, you're not into it. I'm She's not, into, not it. into it. She's like, not. No, we're dude. I'm lucky. Yeah, so yesterday was my anniversary. Oh, okay. so we didn't even do much on that. Like, okay. I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving people my money. No. Okay. Well, congratulations Thank on you. achieving such it, high, high is, relationship I am, goals. I am pretty lucky. I'm pretty proud. No, yes. I, um, uh, my wife and like for her trip, we're going to have a little weekend getaway for her present to San Antonio here in a, in like a month or so, yeah. um, on a Saturday and Sunday, um, before the NCAA tournament starts. Because that's when you that's know, when things get real. Yeah, that's when things get real. You know, especially in my house now. Yeah. Um, but uh, we uh, also, I got her some flowers. I'm not bragging. I just did it because it's what you're supposed to do. Stop bragging, Paul. Oh, yeah. But I went 40 years mm-hmm. of my life, and outside of elementary school, when you have to give everybody a Valentine, a practice I abhorred even then. It's terrible. Yes. Yeah. Um, cause look, I don't want to get the smelly chick in my class of Valentine. No. What kind of mixed messages are you sending again? Yeah. Clean yourself up. Maybe you get one. Exactly. <laughs> Deodorant. Yeah. Same. I'm sure the girls felt the same way about the smelly guy. Again, get in the bathtub with your rubber ducky, get cleaned up and we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, 40 years, never like I was. And Garrett, you knew me. You've known me for a long time. Known you, yeah. You knew me in my single days. I did. And I was not a person who was ever attached on You've Valentine's changed. Day. You've changed. Yeah, I've changed a lot. I, if if being in a relationship on Valentine's Day was whack a mole, I had the high score at every machine ever. Like people would be like, "Who's PAC? Paul Anthony Catalina. He has missed Valentine's Day every time." <laughs> for like. Let's just take it from middle school on when you stop doing the Valentines for everybody. Right, yeah. From middle school on, even through high school. So from age 12 to 40, I had a 28-year perfect stretch. I'd be in the Hall of Fame of non-commitment. Hall of Fame. Me and Derek Jeter would have gone in the same class. He obviously would have been the headliner, but mm-hmm. I really would have. But you were there. But yeah, we've both retired from that life. Yeah. And now, like since I've started dating Amanda and we got serious, it was made very clear to me that Valentine's Day is a holiday that we celebrate. But see, but is it a two-way holiday or is it a one-way? It's, it's one and a half. It feels about one way. It's one and a half. It's one and a half. I've decided, I've decided that if, like, if I'm going to have to do this, I better, you know, let's enjoy this. Okay. Let's enjoy this together as opposed to that. But it's more one and a half. Like, it's, it's still not a big deal to me. And I'll tell you why. Uh, Jack uh, grew up Catholic. I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day is one of, literally, I mean, there's days that have three or four different saints. That's, that's, their, that's their day. Right. So it's just another saint's day to me. Like, yeah. you know, we could celebrate, literally, we could find any kind of emotion, find the patron saint for that, and there's a day for it. Alcoholism, St. Yeah, there you go. Like, there's only a few saints days that we, that we celebrate. So for me, it was always, like, as a callous, you know, uh, committed to being single, never being married kind of a guy. Uh, I'll get to it in a second, Patrick. I was always, always... 100% of the time, it's just another feast day. That's all it yeah. is. You know, celebrate as you will. As you're like, Sicilians, our day is March 19th. It's St. Joseph's Day. That's the one we celebrate. It's quite fun. I recommend you celebrate it too because uh, it's just a lot of pasta. Uh, anyway, uh, to the sports news. Um, Garrett, uh, I want to talk about this first, and we'll talk about it more at length on um, – the main show later today, mm-hmm. but Kirk Schultz, Washington State's athletic director, is making a push to throw his weight around when it comes to the college football playoff and Washington State and Oregon State remaining autonomy schools. 
Because they always were. Right. And here's his quote. And I agree with this to a point. And this is where he steps in a bit of a landmine for me. Okay. He said, we've been an autonomy five school and have resourced ourselves at that level for 25 to 30 years. Just because we were left standing in musical chairs, we just don't feel that we should be relegated by no fault of our own. Okay. Here's the thing. He is almost right. Yes. He is very, very close to right. Very close. Here's the thing that's going to undo him. And it's a pretty sizable hole in the argument. The last words, no fault of our own. Now, I understand that you made the, what you thought was the best move for you. Correct. But we know the details of the TV deal that you guys were chasing in unison together. That was never going to happen, ever. So, it is kind of your fault in that you bought into this narrative and did not stand up and say, whoa, guys, let's take the deal that they offered us because this is dragging out too long and we're not going to get the deal that you think. Gather the other people, which would have been all the teams that did not go to the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about enough. And then you wouldn't have lost Oregon and Washington either. Because they didn't really want to go to the Big Ten. Like, they they didn't, they didn't. They wanted to be there for football. They didn't want to be there for anything else. Right. And they made this deal kind of, you know, like their powers that be didn't want to do that. Which is why they waited to the 11th hour as opposed to doing it way before when they could have especially for the deal partial shares that they took until the next TV contract, which is essentially the partial share they're getting is still more, but about what they would have gotten had they taken the original deal. Right. Yeah. So had you just rallied the troops around, let's sign the best deal that's actually been offered to us, which none of the deal they wanted was never well, offered to them, then maybe you're also not in this position. So well, it is kind of your fault. Well, the, the only thing I would counter with that is every time they went into one of those meetings, it seemed like all the details coming out was it was George Klyavkov and a couple of other people. So if the person that's supposed to be representing you that has the best interest of everybody at hand is going into here with only a couple of people and the information you're receiving is the same, like I, that's where I kind of get it, where like I understand you could only go off of what you're being told. And if you only have, if everything's being held close to the vest, then you only have certain wiggle room to work with. But at the same time, when you're being presented with this, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody had an opportunity to step up and voice their opinions of concerns. But it seems like a lot of people out there, they were never on the same page. Um, I think there were a lot of, uh, the interest level for sports compared to other things were skewed. So I, I kind of get where he's coming from. But at the same time, like if something ultimately isn't in your best interest, even if you're kind of like the odd man out in the room, you've got to stand up and say, and say something. So I do get it from that standpoint. Yeah, I think that's like, look, they, they were not in control and they were getting bad information Absolutely from the were. They were getting bad information. Oh, it's... It's going, we're, we'll get them. We'll get them. But see, after some point when you keep getting told the same thing, like, well, hey, can I get in the room? Look, I'll tell you right now, when I would have hit the panic button for the Pac-12 as any of those university presidents, any one of them, when the Big 12 got the deal and cut in line, I've been like, well, yeah, wait a minute. Up, hold up, yeah. Wait a minute. But, like, and then what their thought was, and this is where the egotism just got out of control, the elitism mm -hmm. was, well, I mean, they took the deal that was offered to them. We're this confident. That's the thing. We're here. We should have more. No, no, no. Somebody should have seen the writing on the wall and said, whoa, if they got theirs in front of us, and that didn't take that long. Like, it did not take that long. Like, you're dragging on for months now. Brett Yormark becomes the commissioner, and a couple months after that, they've announced that they've agreed to something, and they're just hammering out the, 
you know, the particulars, I'd have been like, hey, now, wait a minute. But they didn't do that. They didn't no. do that at all. And I, uh, I'm uh, like, that's where I disagree with him. In that you and Oregon State in particular could have been very loud voices of like, hey, can we just take the best deal that's been offered and move on with our life? Which, even with the Big 12 getting signed, had they gone back to ESPN and Fox and said, this is what we'd like to do, can we get the deal you offered us? They still would have done that because they're still outlaying this extra money for all these schools to go to the different spots. So yeah, I mean, like, how stupid the whole Pac-12 collapsing is, is that... ESPN wasn't going to give them the money they were giving the SEC, mm-hmm. and CBS wasn't going to give them the money they were giving the Big Ten, See, but they were going to give them the money they're giving the Big 12, and they are going to give Big 12 the money they're giving the Big 12, and they are going to give the ACC the money they're giving the ACC, and they were fine with nothing changing, and the Pac-12 thought, ah, we're better than this. Well, see, that's, the, that's where it gets skewed when you have people trying to make athletic decisions who aren't athletic minds or have athletic experience mm-hmm. because all of those deals that were going out there, I believe like the, the number coming out, like you had a professor telling you what your, your conference was worth. But if you look at reality, like athletically, you're not competing. You're not at the same level as these other programs, but you have it in your mind as academic institutions, you are superior, and rightfully so. I think a lot of the Pac-12 institutions are superior to those most of those of the Big Ten or the SEC. But there's a there's a uh, a where it comes together that they were missing there, and that's ultimately what did them in. They were too smart for their own good and not realizing the situation they were in because they didn't know the playing field and the details of what they were trying to iron out. Yeah, no, absolutely, you're you're dead on. So yeah, that, like that's that's where looking back on this. Uh, I disagree. And I'll bring that up on the show today. Like, yeah, it's mostly not Washington State and Oregon State's fault. No. But, like, that's pretending like you didn't sit there and listen to George Klyovkov and his committee tell you, like, but, 50 million a year and then get, like, stars in your eyes. But also, like, their voice, they can only say so much. It's only going to take them so much because they're Oregon State and not Oregon. Yeah. Too. So, like, you're kind of – you're dealing in a situation where it, 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 it's not – it's not an even playing field that you're going with because no. the perception and everything, your value just isn't equal to, to others. And it doesn't, and unfortunately, because of that, your say so, even though you might be right, doesn't matter. And that's kind of the problem we're in uh, on a larger scale in the world right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, you're, you're dead on. All right, here's our topic for the chat room for the day. Now that we've got some, some more people in the room. It is Valentine's Day. This mm-hmm. is the day of unconditional love, correct? Yeah. The, uh, yes. Um, so, uh, who is an athlete or coach Ooh. that you unconditionally love? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow? It's got to be Joe Burrow. Unco- like, that was fast. I mean, it's got to be. Clear- yeah. well, I mean, clearly you think about him all the time. Yeah, it's Joe like, and So, he's your sports Valentine. Absolutely. Yeah. So, if you were, gonna, if you were actually going to participate in Valentine's Day shenanigans, you would... Yeah. With Joe Burrow. Yeah. yeah. You would send him flowers. I'd thanks give him a for box being... of cigars, man. He, you know, he got the nice picture posted up after the natty with the cigar. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. You know what? I have a new one. Who? Jordan Travis. There you go. I'm just saying. It's Jordan Travis. The Florida State's resurgence was built on his back. Yep. And, and his uh, value is obviously unmatched. Unmatched. And look, I'm sorry to Charlie Ward and Derek Brooks and Warwick Dunn and Troy Aikman and anybody else that this could be in my life as a fan. David Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's probably like if you got down to it and like put the lights on me, I might fold and go back. But it's right now, it's Jordan Travis. I can see that. I think he's Jordan it. Travis. Absolutely. So I want it on the chat room. An athlete or coach, because it could be Mac Brown. It could be, you know, it could be Kirby Smart if you're mm-hmm. a Georgia fan. It could be RG3 if you're a Baylor fan. It could be. LaDainian Tomlinson, if you're a TCU fan or a Chargers fan, or a Jets fan, I guess, but um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's big, that's I don't think he talks it. about it. So, um, yeah, but I'm curious about that, like who it is. Um, I know a bunch of A&M fans that would say Dat win. Oh, rightfully so. Oh, yes, I, rightfully think, I think so. it would be a generational thing. You would have half Dat win, half Johnny. Like, I, I think t- it's no, a no, generational. I'm going to tell you, there's, here, I'll give you the generations. There's Bucky Richardson Aggies. Okay. There's Dat win Aggies. And there's Johnny Aggies. Yeah. And then, like, if you go before that, like you, get John a, get, David you get John David Crow yeah. Aggies. So you get John David Crow Aggies, like my dad. You get Bucky Richardson Aggies. 
You get Darwin Aggies and you've got Johnny Aggies. That's a pretty that's a pretty good. Yeah. I mean, and look, Bucky Richardson was the least famous of all those guys. Yeah. But if you're an AM fan, if Bucky Richardson, like tomorrow, if Bucky Richardson needed a heart, like literally needed a heart transplant, there'd be AM fans who'd be like, look. I just take mine. I just take I'm it. not using it. Like, give me the robot one. Give him the real one, and we'll move on. Like, that's how it is. Never so. Oh, my God. Kyle Visser. What did he say? <laughs> None. All my child idols laid an egg in life will never fall in that trap again. OJ Simpson and Bruce Jenner. Oh, <laughs> that's a hell of a combo. <laughs> The intersection of that those, is and here's the deal: the intersection of those yes. families too. Wow, Whoa. he does. He does say it does have a man crush on Jordan Alvarez. So that's fair. That's fair. We'll give you Jordan, but yeah, no, Kyle. Oh, damn, dude! I want to send you a box of chocolates just for that. Gosh, OJ and Bruce Jenner. Man, that's a tough like, day. Yeah, man. You know. Ooh. Which one's he gonna, I need to know which one he's going to ride. Like, if you had to choose between OJ or Bruce, who you, I got to touch Bruce. You got to go. I, mean, I, mean, I don't know, man. I got to choose Bruce. <laughs> Kalen, I mean, like, you know, didn't murder I'd two people. More, hey, I'd feel more safe walking down the street with OJ, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you know, it comes down to it. Yeah, I, I, would, <laughs> I absolutely would not. <laughs> look, man. Yeah, no, no, no I mean, like, at. look, I understand. I understand that there's a lot of people who will never understand what Bruce, Caitlyn Jenner has gone through and changed and all that stuff. But she's never killed anyone. As far as we know. As far exactly. as we know. Like, Except Bruce. <laughs> so, I don't know. That one. Yeah. Look, he had Jerry Levias. That's a great one. Jerry Levias is a great one. Uh, 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 a, a trailblazer. So there you go. I'll be like, that, that one's fine. There you go. Yeah, let's see. I want to say... So, all right, you. I know you've you've mentioned I Big met Poppy. Jerry Levias a few years ago. He was a really nice guy. You've mentioned Big Poppy. You've mentioned Florida State. Yeah. All right. If you had a specific cowboy, who would it be? You know, like it can't be Emmett because he's a Gator, right? Because yeah. I have a condition on him. Yeah, that's as long as you don't talk about the Gators around me, we're cool. Um, it can't be Michael Irvin because he's a Hurricane. You know. Um, It'd probably be Troy Aikman. I mean, he was my favorite player growing up. And look, I, um, <laughs> I, I did a podcast with Danny White, who was my first mm-hmm. favorite player before Aikman. Yeah. And I said, like, my first favorite football player, and he stopped me. He goes, what do you mean first? <laughs> like, you only get. I said, well, then Troy Aikman came along, and he was like, oh. <laughs> so, but yes. So, yeah, I have those. Uh, Katie Rader says Patrick Mahomes and Cheryl Swoops. There you go. He's a big Two good Texas ones. Tech guy. Yes. That's good. That's that's a good one. So, um, but yeah, no, I like I get like man, Kyle. That's you know, to, I like again and like I'm not trying to like preach morality or anything here when it comes to like his two. I mean, well, I am when it comes to OJ killed two people, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, and I, I I have no problem not saying allegedly. <laughs> I have no problem not saying allegedly. Um, and then Bruce Jenner just made a lifestyle choice that most of us don't understand. I like so that's I think the thing. Like we just most people won't understand it. Like it's just one of those things we'll never understand. But you have to be accepting. You have right. to like let people live their life. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah, it'll never it'll never affect me at all. Other than confusion. That's yeah. it. Other than confusion. That's the only way it'll exp- it, it affects me, but to each their own. So uh, that's good. I do, uh, I do want to know, like your undish- unconditional sports love for someone. Yeah, that's what I want. In the next segment, we're gonna um, we're gonna talk a little bit about next year's um, college football. And Bill Conley released his football preseason SP plus rankings. Uh, and they're, they're pretty interesting, Garrett. You went like going through this about what they did last year, mm-hmm. what they have coming back, what they've added transfer portal, all that that's coming up next. We'll go through some of the ones uh, high and low that stick out to me when you talk about buying into teams for next year. 
Uh, and it pretty much falls how you think it was, but there are some surprises here. This is the triple option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. Welcome back, Paul Catalina and Garrett Ross here on the Triple Option. And again, the athlete you love or coach unconditionally. Unconditionally for Valentine's Day. Emery, what athlete do you love unconditionally or coach? Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Wow, that's, that's one I did not expect to hear. A guy who never brought you a title in Oklahoma City. Okay. Okay. There you go. The loyalty. I like there it. Loyalty. Yes. Until he just couldn't anymore. Yeah. Okay. I get it. There we go. All right. Not the fashionista that uh, that Russell Westbrook is, but maybe one day for Emory. Maybe one day. Maybe. Maybe one day. All right. Uh, so Bill uh, Connolly, who we've had on the show a great mm-hmm. a great many times, uh, has his preseason S and P plus, which is. Recent recruiting, returning production, recent history. Yep. He adds all those factors in together, and he comes up with a number. And so number one in his rankings is Georgia. Shocking, yeah, literally number- zero people. Wow. <laughs> number two, also shocking zero people, is Ohio State. Yep. Wow. Now, this is where, to me, it gets interesting. Oregon is third. Texas is fourth. Okay. Oregon above Texas and Oregon, while they have Dylan Gabriel, who is experienced, he's not experienced there. He's experienced at two other places. Correct. Texas has, while they lose their four best skill players and their two best defensive players, mm-hmm. which is a pretty huge thing to fill. Like, it is. They have, they have replaced those guys fairly well, at least on paper. You know, And we saw what they can do with Jonathan Brooks out already. So that, that was already kind of done. Now, no Sanders, no Worthy, no Mitchell, no Murphy, no Sweat. Yeah. That is going to be more interesting to see how they replace the production of those guys who were so good. And their schedule's tougher next year than it was this last year. Correct. But I buy Texas at four. I don't have a problem with that. I, I, yeah. I, I think you can make an argument to flip either one, but I think Oregon, I, honestly, I think the top four is about chalk as it should be. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you look like maybe Oregon gets a pass with Gabriel because the head to head last year, Gabriel was able to beat Ewers. That's mm-hmm. what you got. And I think Oregon's whole team is obviously better than what Oklahoma dealt with last year. So I understand if you're looking at it from that standpoint, why you would give Oregon the nut, the nudge the nudge, whatever, over yeah. Texas. Yeah, I get it. Like, that's, I mean, again, like you start to split hairs here. Right, exactly. You know, but it, I mean, like, he's doing this mathematically. Yeah. You know, and so Michigan, Alabama, Penn State, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, and LSU round out the top 10. A little high for uh, LSU on yeah. me. Yeah. A little high considering uh, Jaden Daniels is gone and Malik Neighbors is gone and Brian Thomas is gone. Yeah. But they do have new coordinators. Um, I do believe that the defense will flow through Harold Perkins and not use him as some sort of side dish. Yeah. Like, he should be the entree. The entree of the defense is Harold Perkins. It's like Michael Parsons. Everything goes through him. Yes. Everything should go through Harold Perkins. He's not mashed potatoes. He's 
the chicken. Yes. All right. Like that's what he is. He's the, you know, he's the steak. He's the, he's the main meal. Mm -hmm. He's not a side salad. Don't treat him as such. Um, Ole Miss to me, the one who is too low in the top 10 is Ole Miss yeah. because they've added so much. I would have no problem putting them over even Michigan who won the national title. Just knowing that Michigan's got 18 players alone at the NFL combine. So that's a lot to replace, and Jim Harbaugh gone. I would honestly, I, I might even put them, yeah, with Michigan you could, um, but definitely they should be ahead of Bama and Penn State because Penn State, while you bring back Drew Aller, I mean, it, what is it? Like, you kind of Where's your quality out. wins? Yeah, exactly. You've never been able to, your conference is going to get more difficult than everything the, there. The best one they had last year was West Virginia, and it yeah. wasn't in their own conference. No. So, so yeah. I mean, that's one where I think Ole Miss should be ahead of them. Uh, Bama's you've had you can't lose the greatest coach of all time and the players you've lost in the portal and not have a, a I would say a significant step back but that's significant is like air quotes because it'll be different to them compared to another program um, but yeah man I think Ole Miss is definitely ahead of both of them and rightfully ahead of LSU but yeah the Penn State one's kind of what confuses me Ole Miss definitely needs to be ahead of Penn State yeah absolutely is this happening again yeah, it's FedEx this time. Oh, okay. What a hobo. All right. Well, at least, at least, at least it's reputable. Yes. <laughs> a Fortune 500 company as opposed Ugh. to, can I have 500 pennies? Uh, so, um, yeah, LSU to me, like Mizzou at 11, that's about right for I them. I like that for Mizzou. I, I like that for them. FSU at 12. They've, look, they've lost a considerable amount of, of, of really high-end talent. Yeah. Now, what you have to start buying in on with Mike Norvell, if you're a Florida State fan, is that he has he's proven to develop. Right. Like he, so the young guys he's got, plus the portal guys he's brought in, um, he's been very – he's he showed he can develop. So that's where I, I – like, I look at them at 12. I do look at them as the ACC favorite, like, until proven otherwise. Mm. Although their schedule next year is tougher than it was this last year. You know, that with Notre Dame being on it makes yeah. it tougher. Um, you know, like, you essentially trade LSU for Notre Dame, but um, – you know, some of the better ACC teams have, like, flipped back onto that. Like, I think they play North Carolina again mm -hmm. this year. Who's Mac Brown's never beaten Florida State, but there's a first time for everything. Right, you yeah. Know. Duke, Duke's, Duke should have last Duke year. Duke should, yeah. Duke had a great opportunity to. Um, and so A&M at 13 seems really high. But again, like, this is what they do every year. Yeah, I just, with, with everything that's going on there, to put them inside the top 15 – I'd be a little hesitant. I think Oklahoma, because like if you look right behind it, I don't want you to get ahead, but like you have Oklahoma, Tennessee right behind them. I think yeah. you could make a case, and even Clemson. Like I think you could make a case oh, that yeah. all of them could be ahead of A and M. I would put of the teams that are behind A and M, um, I would put the next five teams I, in front of them. I would too. I'm looking at it. Yeah, after Kansas State and stop it. Yeah, yeah. Then absolutely. I would. Then I would. I you know. Oklahoma State and A&M kind of live in the same world to me. Miami. A&M is better than Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, you know, USC's got a lot to prove. Louisville has a lot to prove. Um, some of the more interesting ones down the line. Auburn at 31, TCU at 32, Florida at 33. And Florida, I mean, like putting West Virginia with all they have coming back, like the way that their numbers came out that they're 34th, surprising to me. Well, I was surprised by West Virginia. There's something. Same with Kansas. Well, there's something going. There, must, there has to be something going on at West Virginia because – you bring back so much talent from last year. Um, and, like, FanDuel has you at six and a half wins in the conference play. Like, there's something we're not aware of um, yeah, I with don't that know. program. I don't know. I, I'm taking the over on West Virginia. I, I've bought into Neil Brown. I know West Virginia fans uh, probably don't agree with me, but. I don't think that program's in a position to grab a much better coach than Neil Brown at the moment. I think they got to be careful with who they are. Yeah, absolutely. Um Tech at 46. Eh, it feels a little low to me, but, you know, it's, this is the math that he did. I mean, they need to earn it, though. Yeah, like, they do. I, I think the past couple of years, Tech has kind of, especially last year, has really overhyped themselves and not lived up to it. I think that's probably right for them. Yeah. Um, Baylor's at 71 behind schools like Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Troy, BYU. I mean, Colorado's at 66. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that have to prove it. Um, the last ranked team on this list is Louisiana Monroe 
home of the fighting Tim Brandos. Mm-hmm. Um, next time we have him, I'm going to ask him about that. <laughs> <laughs> like just, I mean, I'm sure I don't know if he's read it on. He, he, I mean, he reads everything, but to have them last on the pre and again, this list means nothing. No. Once the first ball's kicked off means nothing. And it will mean it will probably change after the spring transfer portal window. It'll change a lot, mm-hmm. but um, you know, Bill Connolly, who's really, really a brilliant, brilliant dude. Um, you know, putting this together, there are just some things that, Especially when you see the numbers. And again, he's not basing this on anything else other than the numbers mm-hmm. of the form that he's come up with. When you see the numbers, even put Michigan, Alabama ahead of schools like Ole Miss, and they don't return their coach, yeah. and they've lost a bunch of players, that kind of shows you how well they've even recruited. But again, that's you know, over the years. But they've lost, like Alabama and Michigan have been cleaned out, like Michigan by the draft, Alabama mm-hmm. a little bit by the draft compared to other years. But this year, they got to see how the portal people live. No, and I think I would feel more comfortable if I was a Michigan fan right now than an Alabama fan. I just, I just feel like you have with Sharon coming in. It's there's really not too much that's going to change there. Uh, obviously, you've got to bring in so, some more talent. You have Alex Orgy there as your quarterback. That's you know who's going to know what happens with him. But I just feel like. Michigan's in a more stable place. Maybe it's just the culture-wise. It was Sharon more and the familiarity there than with Alabama because Alabama's – this is something Michigan's dealt with before. Alabama hasn't dealt with this in 20 years. No. So, I mean, I mean that, that's, that's where I'm at with them. No. I, I, feel, I feel better about Alabama than I did Oklahoma post-Lincoln yeah, Riley just because they've got their quarterback coming back. They've got they've – A coach got, that was just in the championship. That's yeah, coming like in. they were just yeah. there like – you know, like they're they're set up a little bit better, you know, um, and, and they probably learned that lesson from Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. And that Oklahoma had never seen turnover like this since Bob Stoops got the job. And then they didn't even have like Bob Stoops came in and they really had a good roster. Yeah. They just weren't very well coached and took off and won the national championship in his second year. So um, which is the last one they won. Mm-hmm. But. So, but between Lincoln Riley to Brent Venables was that turnover where Alabama's going to see probably that dip a little bit in like trying to find the continuity and mm-hmm. the changes. And then I have no, no qualms about saying that like year two of Kalen DeBoer will see them significantly better. But no, they should it be. It is yeah. like they've never had to experience it. No, before. they're, they're, they're they back with everybody else. They don't know. Yeah. Again, you have to like, this is the first time that they've had to. It feels like moving into a new house, right? Right. This is the first time they've had to move in a long time. And there are other schools who move every year, right? And they, they don't. Like, they've got to get new furniture. They've got to get new this. Like, no. you know, oh, shoot, we forgot to get the cable guy out here. We need internet. We need this. Like, all the little things you forget on your checklist and you, you don't get done because you just didn't have to worry mm-hmm. about it for, for so long. But the conference with the average SP plus rating that's the highest – Shocking no one again, the SEC, especially given the fact that they're bringing in two teams from the Big 12 that are up their number yeah, um, in Oklahoma and Texas. But their average uh, rating by conference is 14.3. The Big 10, after that, it's a significant drop-off. Oh, yeah. The Big 10 is at 8.7. The Big 12 is at 4.7. The ACC is at 3.9. And then everybody else is in negatives all the way down the line. The Sun Belt, Mountain West, American, Conference USA, and the MAC are all in negative numbers. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's about where, like, if you look at it, that's where everybody stands. And, look, the ACC and Big 12 will be holding up by a couple teams right now. So, to those high of numbers. Right. But, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's telling about what we're probably about to see from the well, SEC. Yeah, I know. The, the ACC is going to be – that's the one I'm, I'm a little concerned about because outside of Florida State and Clemson, there's really no hope of relevance right now uh, from the outside looking in. The Big 12 is going to be intriguing because, like, if you look like at the SP rankings, this stretch here where you've got Utah through Oklahoma State and back-to-back. So it's Utah, Kansas State. Uh, Arizona and Oklahoma State. That just shows the depth and the parity of the conference. This game's gonna this this conference is gonna be ridiculous because I think you're gonna see so many like one to two score like three point games or less like week in and week out. The parity is just gonna be off the charts and it's gonna be fun. But you're not ever gonna have that that breakthrough brand team to really catapult you. That that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Like they're. 
they're just going to be there. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. We have two topics in the last uh, segment. I want to talk a little bit of NFL draft uh, and what's kind of already going on there. And then an interesting college baseball story. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that next. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, metro ethernet, waves, dark fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina. All right. We're going to do, like, quick-fire draft topics Okay. every, every day. I'm going to throw this out, and it's just going to be quick fire because I want to talk about this baseball thing. But we're going to do, like, quick, rapid-fire things. Okay. Okay. So, first topic. If you're the Bears, do you keep Justin Fields, trade for a bounty of draft picks from someone who wants Caleb Williams, or do you draft Caleb Williams and trade – Justin Fields for what will be a less bountiful draft pick haul, but still probably pretty significant for a team that does not get one of the top three or four guys. Uh, logically, what I would do is take the picks and le- keep Fields and build around it because traditionally that's a franchise who's always struggled. It didn't matter who the quarterback was in your last Super Bowl. You got there with Rex Grossman. I would just stack the team around it, hold out for hope. And he played well down the did. stretch. He did. He played well. Like you know, um, I don't but- think they'll do that, but that's – Honestly, that's how they should approach it, in my opinion. That's probably what I would do as well. But Caleb Williams might, like, once I get into the workouts, he might, and I start watching film and all well, that and get to do a deep dive, and you also, I might fall in love with Caleb Williams. And you also find yourself, like, with Patrick Mahomes continually winning Super Bowls, and you did the Trubisky thing. Like, does that yeah. play in? Like, yeah, do we yeah. do this again? Yeah, I, I think it's possible. Like, also, like, Caleb is so, and he's the closest thing to Mahomes. Right, yeah. So, as far as, like, where you can see where the style of play goes, if you had him, could you do what they're doing, potentially? I think what they're going to do is trade Justin Fields to a team like yep. the Raiders or the Falcons, somebody who's later on down the draft and, and can't get one of those guys. Okay, question number two, and this one is going to be near and dear to your heart. Okay. You're the Washington Commanders. You hold the number two pick. <sighs> Provided that the Bears do what we think they're going to do and draft Caleb Williams, meaning he's off the board. Mm-hmm. Drake May or Jaden Daniels? Oh, man. Ugh. Damn it. I would I'd probably take Drake May. I mean, I love Jalen Daniels. I, I do, man, but Jaden Daniels, but like he runs too much. He's he's prone to getting getting hurt. Um, I, I I would probably regret it, but I would go Drake May and just and just rely on the prototypical. What I get, that's the thing. Is it a prototypical quarterback anymore? I don't. I don't it think Daniels so. technically is. Yeah, I I knowing that Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator, I'm going with Daniels. I would. I, I yeah. I I, I, I do, think either but, one of them he'll do fine with, but knowing that what he's done with mobile quarterbacks. Kyler, yeah, Mahomes, Manziel, Williams. He's had all four of those guys. What he has done to get them out in space, and what he'll have as a in an NFL to maybe guard against because he's just a coordinator now. Yeah, I I think will be good, and I think I would take Daniels because I think that that Washington can do a lot with that. Well, see, and I would I, take Daniels, and then I would ask him, and I would take a survey for the next couple of years. 
what do you think the name should be if it's not Commanders or Redskins? Because those two are out. So let's... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and also, like, how much of an upgrade, realistically, is Drake May going to be than Sam Howell? Like, we honestly don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I, yeah, I get that. I would, I would love to see Daniel Staken, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Third question. Okay. And final draft question of the day. Between... The number one consensus receiver is Marvin Harrison Jr., so we're taking him out mm-hmm. of this. Between these three, if you're a team that needs a receiver, okay. and you had the dream scenario fall to you where you can get any one of the three, so that probably means you pick fifth. Mm-hmm. Uh, because by fourth, I would assume Marvin Harrison Jr. is gone. Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, or, let me see, or Brian Thomas. Roma Dunze. Roma Dunes. I'm taking Rome. Over your two LSU guys. I'm taking Rome, man, because yeah. he I, I thought Rome was the best receiver all year long. And and Malik Neighbors, I know he got the old, or he was in the mix and everything, but yeah, there's something special about Rome. He's big, he's fast, uh, he's got great body position when he's going up for balls. Um, I think he's more built and has the potential to have more longevity in the NFL. I, I would take Roma Dunze. 6'3, 215. He's a, and we saw him at Super Bowl, man. He's solid. Yeah, no, he was. He was. So I think I would take Odunze. Yeah, I would absolutely take Odunze. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there again, but I don't think with any of those three, and then if you even throw Keon Coleman in the mix, I don't think this could be one of the best hit rates of wide receivers in the first round ever. Like, there's so many receivers to go for. I I would take Roma Odunze, though. Yeah. You know who who I think the Bills should take? Here's a random thing. The Bills, because they have, and we'll see what happens with Stephon Diggs. Mm -hmm. I think the Bills or the Chiefs should take Ladd McConkey. Oh, he would be nasty in there. either yeah. those spots with those quarterbacks. He would be to me instant impact because I thought the Bills when they were like trying to figure out what to do differently, mm. I thought they should have traded for Hunter Renfro because he's just being wasted in Vegas yeah, right now. He is, uh, and I thought he would help. And maybe that's something that they do. Okay, uh, a very interesting story coming in the college baseball realm today, and um, I, I. I, I, I'm, I'm a college baseball fan. You're mm-hmm. a college baseball fan. Um, sadly, um, we mean, lost Mike Martin last week. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Two weeks ago. It was, yeah. And um, I keep seeing tweets about it because the season's starting. And, you know, this is the first season he would not have seen. And uh, lost him very – like, he got sick very fast. Very fast. Um, but um, I've always hated that college baseball doesn't hit right when it comes to popularity. Mm-hmm. And I get it, like, you know, football's more popular than basketball, which is more popular than baseball, and it, like, you know, it's, like, cylindrical down the funnel uh, of, of interest. But one of the things I think that they can do to increase their interest and up their value in, in a world where value is now everything. Yeah, it has to be. It's not yes. just about, like, baseball, and, and, like, especially since baseball was the sport that when Title IX hit, baseball was one of the sports that got hit the hardest mm-hmm. in that they couldn't give full scholarships to all – 30 players on their roster anymore. Right. Like they got 11.3 or 13.1 or what? I, I don't know what it was. Now that rule's about to change where you can fully fund scholarships as long as you're Title IX compliant. I think that's coming around where they'll eventually do that. If a school wants to do it, they can do it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, th- it's silly to say, like, you can only have this many when you. That makes no sense. Yeah, no. Um, especially if you agree to fully fund the other. So. If you have the opposite of the matching sport, which would be softball, which is the same number of athletes mm-hmm. with the same kind of schedule and the same kind of everything and the same kind of travel thing, if you match it for softball, then you're doing okay. Right. Right. So you're, you're compliant. But uh, Japanese phenom high school player Rintoro Sasaki, whose father coaches the high school that he goes to, that mm-hmm. was also the high school that produced um, – a little-known baseball player named Shohei Otani. Uh, so Otani went to this high school. This is his, his son. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit a, a high school record, meaning that he hit more than Otani. Now, he's not the unicorn that Otani is. Right. Hit 140 home runs. Ooh. Now, normally in Japan, he's a first baseman. Normally in Japan, when you're 17, 18, you go into – uh, nip on professional baseball right. and you work your way up through there. And then eventually when you become Otani you come or on over. Yamamoto or Ichiro Suzuki or, 
Hideki Arabu, rest in peace. Hideo Nomo, Daisuke Matsuzaka. They post you. They make money. You make money. Everybody makes money. Everybody's thrilled. Mm-hmm. You've got this great Japanese player coming over here. Well, Sasaki, six feet tall, 250 pounds. Uh, and you see the picture of him, and he's a... He's a load, man. He's, yeah, he's a fire hydrant. I mean, like, he looks like a slightly taller Kirby Puckett uh, to me, you know, and it's the way he's built. Yeah. Um, looks like Matt Stairs, <laughs> you know. Um, but he is going to Stanford to play his college ball, which has had an excellent college baseball yep. program over the years. Uh, and again, things go, are cyclical, but Stanford's been really good. They're always good. Plus, his education's going to be second to none. But he's going to go to Stanford and play. I sent you guys this story mm-hmm. earlier, very intrigued by it, because it is something that baseball hasn't really been able to do all that much because of the way that the professional leagues work in Japan or that, like, in Latin America, one, you're probably dealing with an educational system in some countries that doesn't translate to this 16-year-old kid we can sign is ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not because of their intelligence. It's just because they haven't maybe gone to school as much, yep. you know, because of the, the situation down there. Um, that's just the nature of it. And plus, if you're 16 years old and somebody's going to give you, you know, $400,000 to come and play. Yeah, I'm taking that. Peace out. But if you are at the level that Rintaro Sasaki is at, where you are just below probably being ready to be a professional, mm-hmm. it's something basketball's been doing for years. It's something golf has started doing. Tennis, like at the collegiate level is, okay, you're not ready to be pros. We have opportunities for you to come here and get better so that maybe you can be a pro, mm-hmm. or at least, at the very least, you get an education. Now, in the case of college athletes, make some money at NIL, I think for college baseball, this is a field they need to, to, to investigate, a crop they need to look at, and that going around internationally and finding those guys who are not – Minor league baseball ready, not mm-hmm. professional athlete ready, not at a point in their life, and then bringing them over. Because, look, if this dude Sasaki is good at Stanford, there will be internet. Like, J- Japan will care. Oh, yeah. They love it. Um, I'll tell you, um, Rui Achimura, who when he was at, uh, at Gonzaga, Gonzaga played Baylor in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. My former roommate and former Baylor SID, Todd Zeidler, was their sports information director at the time. I'm sitting in the locker room talking to Todd after I got the player I wanted and, and all that. And Rui Achimura had four different Japanese media outlets sitting there talking to him. And he was a college basketball player. Like, this is something when your sport needs more attention and deserves mm-hmm. more attention, which it absolutely does because it's a really great sport, um, like I believe softball does as well. This is something I think you need to do that could be really make it interesting, especially given Japanese, Korean, um, you know, uh, Asian players. This is a big deal. Central and South America and, and the Caribbean, like maybe you can get into there. That's probably a tougher sell given how Major League Baseball has cornered it, and rightfully so. But I do think it's something that you need to, you need to investigate. Like more Japanese players – need to come over to America and play college baseball. Like, it'd be a great thing for them. It'd be a great thing for college baseball, and it helps expand the footprint, much like, I'll just compare it to Brett Yormark going down to Brazil or somewhere to play right, a basketball yeah. game. No, it does. Uh, and, and also, like, there's only going to be a handful of these guys yeah. who are able to do that. Um, yeah, I think the NIL now, uh, which is always going to be tricky with baseball because, they're, like you mentioned, they're behind a, the they're under the – they're behind everybody else. Um no, I think it's great because we see it in minor leagues all the time. Like we were talking about it the other day. Like minor league teams in cities, well, some of their best capacity is when a guy from the majors comes down and you have an opportunity to go and watch. If you give the people a reason, like a star to show up, uh, yeah, I think they're definitely going to go out. And if you're a place like Stanford who already, like you need everything you can uh, to put eyes on your athletic department because of the struggles and the move and everything, getting somebody like that in there, I think definitely can help increase their value. And it's just, an, I just like for having more opportunities for people that weren't there before. I think that's something that is unique as well, but no, I mean, it's fun. Grow the game. Uh, it is something that's undervalued, but bringing in more people like him could definitely help garner the attention that you only really see once Omaha, the, the pursuit of Omaha begins later on in the season. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it's, you know, bring in, like, 
get some juice to it. Yeah. Like that's that's the thing it's lacking. And part of it is because and it really hurt because NIL flows like, you know, at a school like Baylor, you you have to hope for a big time alum mm-hmm. that cares about it to like pump money into it. Yeah. Baylor is very fortunate in that a former tennis player, uh, and and may he rest in peace, Mark Hurd, uh, has gave the tennis program a bunch of money. Like, because that was what he loved mm-hmm. when he was in college. But you can't, like, there's tons of schools out there that just hope that they have a Silicon Valley millionaire or billionaire that came out of their program that wants to, you know, donate money to the mm-hmm. program and to the NIL. But, you know, for example, like, Georgia has a gigantic pipeline of NIL coming to their baseball. As where, like, Georgia Tech Does, has, no. like, a third of it. Yeah. Because they don't have the same group of guys that care that have that same money, even though like the guys that do have a lot of it, it's just Georgia has five more, Yeah, you know? And so baseball to, to really grow and to fight through all this in the NIL era, which is really making coaches pull their hair out because again, it's a non-revenue sport. Um, it's going to be it, like, they have to do these things. I think it'd be great. I, I just, I'm very interested to see this guy play. Um, you know, I, I even said last week when we were talking about, like, bucket list trips, mm-hmm. like, going to, to see Japan, yeah. uh, a, a baseball game in Japan or Korea. Like, Japan or South Korea, I maybe I'll do it in the same trip. But, like, I would love to go over there and see it and experience it. And I love it when, like, I follow every Japanese player that comes over very closely because of the passion that the country has for oh, yeah. it. And, you know, they're all they're always fun. Like, it's always, like, somebody who's really, like – I was fascinated, fascinated by Ichiro Suzuki. Like, I was, like, he was always with the team at, like, the Mariners or something I didn't care about. But, man, I loved watching him play. Like, I just loved it. And, you know, it, it, um, I, uh, I just I, – I love this. And I hope that, like, again, it expands the sport and brings in everybody who does – like, they had this World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get players who are playing in these countries to come you, play college sports here. And I know it's only every four years, but can the Olympics and baseball finally coming back to the Olympics help with that too, like, at all? Yeah, I think it, I think it will. I mean, like, you know, thanks to the Brits, we got it canceled right. the first time. But, yeah. um, which I understand. They're like, we're not going to build a baseball field. I, no, I don't blame them either. But <laughs> we don't, like, well, that, that was the first time I realized like, how much of a scam the Olympics or the World Cup oh, can be hosting yes. it. I didn't even realize it. You just thought like, oh, they're going to have this here. And like, I always thought like, oh, they must have all the facilities they need already. I'm like, no, 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 it's a racket. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. And, but yeah, but when, when England, I guess it was, was that London was 2012? I believe so. I yeah, 2012, we're like, hey. We're they they even this. said it in like 2009. They're like, hey, we're canceling baseball and softball. And they're like, why? Because the minute, like literally after the two weeks is over, and really, like they don't play the whole two weeks. Like each sport's there for about nine days, like mm. playing. They might stay, but like, they're like after this time where they're here, because we have to have more. The other thing is you have to have more than one field. You just rotate through. You have to have multiple, like, three or four fields for each one. We're going to have this baseball and softball complex that will go unused. Yeah. We don't understand it here. You've tried to make us. We'll go to it. Like, if you host a game over here and we convert a stadium, we'll all go and laugh at it. And then after we have our pints at the end of the day, we're done done with it. Go back to cricket. Thanks for coming over. (laughs) Go back home. Yeah. It's not like the NFL or the NBA or something that just sticks over there for whatever reason. And it's a global sport. The, br- the like but, everybody can afford or should the, be like, afforded. Italy is more popular and way more popular in Italy now. Like it's growing in other places, but England in particular, it's just like here's the deal: they don't get baseball like we don't get cricket. Right. Like, That's I, fair. Yeah. I think cricket might be a fantastic sport. I don't understand it. So I've just decided I'm going to use my brain power on a sport I get. Right. They're similar. You, you could get me into it. rugby. Like, you could get me into rugby oh, yeah. a lot. Like, that one I could get. Cricket, there's too many rules. And I think that baseball to English people too feels many. the same way. Like, we don't understand the rules. Yeah. That's just it. But it was brought back, thanks, Scotty B, at the last Olympics. So, so but, but before we get off here, how are you feeling about this upcoming season for your Knowles and 
in college, in college baseball. baseball. I think they'll be better. I think they'll be better than they were. I, I like I like to coach a lot. Um, the new I remember. Coach. I remember you were like, "We got to get him. We got to go to Notre Dame and get him." Yeah, got to go. Got to go get Link Jarrett. I mean, he's an alum. He gets it. Like he's no. They just need to get the roster in place. Which now, when you change coaches, even if you're bringing in a better coach, people are just going to leave. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. Yeah. That's just how it is. So, all right. I will see everybody in an hour. Garrett, we'll see everybody in an hour. We have a, an interesting and exciting new camera angle to show you guys today. Ooh. If that can preview things, we've got Kevin Flaherty. We've got Ross Dellinger. We've got Rob Doster. All coming up on 365 Sports. Have a great day, everybody. If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's